peace everybody welcome back to another episode of behold pop culture the show where we take a look at some prominent people figures and events in pop culture today and in the past and try and see what lessons we could take away from them the date of this recording is saturday march the 27th and this has been a pretty prevalent week both in the world of film and sports but as always We'll start off with the sports side of things, as this was the NBA trade deadline week. NBA fans from far and wide came together, of course, socially distant, mostly on the internet, but everyone was in heavy anticipation to see which teams would make the moves at the end of the trade deadline to make the final push for the NBA championship. This included Kyle Lowry the heart and soul, and some people believe the greatest player to play for the Toronto Raptors. He was heavily rumored to have been making a move as the Raptors are planning to move into a rebuild mode for that franchise. Unfortunately, Kyle Lowry didn't end up being moved, but plenty of NBA fans were on the edge of their seats all the way down to the 3 p.m. Eastern deadline. There were rumors of him going to Philadelphia, to team up with Joel Embiid, rumors of him going to Miami, Lakers, everyone was on the radar. But what would actually end up happening on this eventful day for the trade deadline for the NBA was the biggest move being Nikola Vucevic, an all-star, one of the best centers in the NBA, being moved to the Chicago Bulls. That was the most unexpected of the moves as he was rumored to potentially be going to the Celtics but many people believed he would stay. Now the Chicago Bulls, who haven't been great since Derrick Rose was the youngest MVP in NBA history, can finally say that they have another chance to contend, at least to make the playoffs. I'm hoping to see them in the new play-in tournament for the NBA in a month, but that wasn't the only move to take place this past week. We saw Rajon Rondo, a man who was a big part of the reason why the Lakers were even able to win a championship last year. He had signed with the Atlanta Hawks, mainly seeming as a money move as they gave him way more than the Lakers even could if they wanted to. But he was now shipped off to the Los Angeles Clippers, yes. Rajon Rondo, who had just departed from LA, made a return, but this time on the other side of the arena. This time, with an opportunity to beat the team he just won with. And this is eerily reminiscent of the fact that Rajon Rondo won a championship with both the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers. The biggest rivalry in all of the NBA. Some would say it could contend for one of the biggest rivalries of all of sports. But with Rondo joining the Los Angeles Clippers, they get that veteran presence They get that high IQ that is always necessary in the playoffs to make big noise. And I would, of course, be picking them because of that to win the NBA title if it wasn't for the fact that today, the Brooklyn Nets made a move to acquire LaMarcus Aldridge as they now have two veterans who were brought out this year in Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge. They've been barely losing any games without even having Kevin Durant and having several games without Kyrie Irving. 
And now it seems like the only thing standing in their way will be the chemistry. How soon will Kevin Durant be able to return and have them put in the time, the minutes necessary to gel everyone together? Now, there were many other minor moves, such as Evan Fournier of the Orlando Magic moving to the Celtics, Aaron Gordon of the same team moving to Denver, Victor Oladipo going to the Miami Heat for an extremely cheap price tag, essentially meaning that the Houston Rockets traded James Harden, one of the greatest scorers in NBA history, for a couple of draft picks. It does not look great as now James Harden appears to have been part of two of the worst trades in NBA history. Of course, him moving on from OKC is in contention for that title as well. But the other headline that has been dominating the NBA has been all of the unfortunate injuries that have hit many of the players. Of course, LeBron James going down with a high ankle sprain is one of the worst ones. As LeBron right now has been pretty much the face of the NBA. And they're reporting that he likely will be gone for a month. Which is not just bad news for the NBA being entertaining over the next month. But it's bad news for the Lakers chances of repeating. As Anthony Davis is still gone with an Achilles injury. One of the worst injuries you could suffer. And now LeBron is going to have to delay him entering into playoff LeBron mode. And it remains to be seen what that means for their chances to win. As the Utah Jazz continue to be put together as a team with very high chemistry. I just mentioned the Clippers made a big acquisition in Rajon Rondo. And of course, the Brooklyn Nets appear to have emerged as the favorite to win the NBA title with the surplus of talent at least on the scoring side of the ball. They have earned the right to be the favorite to come out of the East, even though I believe that the Milwaukee Bucks and Philadelphia 76ers could still give them a series. But other than that, this week was littered with Adrian Wojnarowski, a.k.a. Woj Bombs, one of the biggest reporters in the NBA. And for a brief moment, but a much appreciated moment, NBA fandom was exploding with excitement, with anticipation, and even though no superstars made a big move, I'm giving the whole trade deadline situation an A-plus with regards to enjoyment. But remaining in the world of sports, there's been a show that has been making some pretty big headlines, because seemingly out of nowhere, people had mentioned the possibility of this happening, but the last chance series, for those who don't know, junior college in the world of sports is a place that's sort of a midway point for people with the hopes of making it to the big leagues. And if you don't make it to the D1 college, the big name program, junior college is an opportunity for you to make a name for yourself once again. As they're heavily recruited, the top junior college programs to import people back into the D1 system. So there was a big series that made a ton of noise called Last Chance U, where a crew of cameramen followed around a football team in the junior college pool to see if these players that had pretty much their last opportunity to make it to the big leagues, whether or not they would be able to pull it off. 
So within these leagues, it's, of course, important for you to be able to show out, show off your talent, get your points, et cetera, et cetera. But it's very important in this league to be a winning team, as just being in the championship game can put so many important eyes on you from the smallest D1 program to the biggest for these young guys trying to make it into the league. But the reason I provided that context is because recently there was a new series that was released. Last Chance U, a basketball edition. And we know how passionate basketball fans can be. They can match any football fan's energy. And that is exactly what happened. As Last Chance U basketball edition followed a junior college program that was littered with such interesting stories for all these different players. From a man who had previously been in a Division I college, ended up not even playing a game, and ultimately, unfortunately, ended up in prison, coming back and proving that he's one of the best raw talents in his class. To a man that had just been dealing with the passing of his mother and is trying to get right on track with ending up in a good position for his life moving forward. We got to see players making big plays, having big games, in addition to seeing a coach who might just be the most passionate coach in all of junior sports. And we got to see a team come together as they competed as one of the best programs in all of California. And on their journey to winning the championship and getting the title as the best junior college team, they faced a plethora of obstacles in the way. So if that at all sounds interesting to you, I highly recommend this series. As you could see heart, grit, and determination put on display. The amount of just raw effort, talent aside, that is put into winning on any level of sports is always entertaining to just witness. The main characters in this real-life story, are very easy to get attached to, and I believe that it will be a fun ride if you are at all a sports fan. So if you're interested in watching that, it is currently on Netflix. And this was also a week for some underrated artists making their names in the world of music. As Polo G, an up-and-coming artist to say the least, a XXL freshman of the prior class, made some noise with a freestyle that he released, featuring the beats of popular tracks such as Whoopty and Beatbox Freestyle. Which, let me just stop right there and highlight this Beatbox Freestyle because I think this might be a contender for one of the best beats of the year. The dance that came with it, It is very entertaining to watch, but up to date, I've seen at least five remixes of this song just because of the the beat on it. On one hand, the freestyles are getting somewhat saturated now because so many people are remixing it. But moreover, the biggest thing about this is it's a true reflection of the power of the TikTok era that is currently taking place in music. As this song mostly gained its popularity from the TikTok dance, but it really is a great beat. 
the baby was the main one to popularize it with his version of the freestyle where he unnecessarily dissed Jojo Siwa, a popular character for the younger generation of women. But more recently, Polo G did a great freestyle on it and Little Yachty even stepped out to offer some bars on this popular beat. But in the same vein of the TikTok era, a man who is pretty much entirely defined by TikTok and has found a way to crack the algorithm by seemingly making only songs for TikTok is the artist 24K Golden. The only other time he was mentioned on this podcast was because he was also a fellow XXL freshman. And because I had primarily viewed him as a TikTok artist, I did not expect much. But he actually showed out on his freshman cipher. He displayed some level of lyrical ability that I was at the very least impressed with. And his flow, that, that's what he's known for. That's what you have to be great at on TikTok. So with that, 24K Golden has an entire catalog of TikTok songs, which is impressive for anyone. He's been a chart topper all because of TikTok. And this week he released a new album, a new project called El Dorado. I plan on giving it a couple more spins to have a formal opinion on it. But off of a first listen, he's got it with this TikTok stuff. Because releasing an album with 12 plus songs that could all potentially go viral is a skill in and of itself. That plenty of people are trying to capture. Drake himself tried to capture the wave with the Tussie Slide. And I would argue that Tussie Slide didn't even capture the, the worst of 24K Golden's chart-topping ability. This has allowed him to carve out a career in this new niche of the TikTok artists. By which plenty of artists, I presume, are interested in going viral with him. He even had a song where he invited one of the biggest TikTok stars in Addison Ray to be in the video. He's got that entire niche on lock. And even though you may not see him mentioned with some of the other mainstream artists, you would be remiss if you did not at least know that he was doing his thing out there. It's almost like an underground artist dominating the underground. But TikTok is far from underground with its degree of popularity. Similarly, another artist that released another fellow freshman was Rod Wave, a man popularly known for having trap ballads. Talking about a lot of the hardships that people in impoverished communities go through, but through very impressive vocal ability, going from rapping to singing seamlessly, and his most popular song to date is Hard on Ice, which I highly recommend. It's for sure one of the best songs that released in the past couple of years. He just released a new project called Soulfly, which is currently projected to be the number one album, at least in the USA. Now, me as a music fan, me as a pop culture connoisseur, that raised an eyebrow for me. Because Rod Wave, yes, he was an XXL freshman. Yes, he has a major hit song in Heart on Ice, but there was no achievement of his that made me believe that he would be doing that level of numbers counted by the billboard. So I had to put on my monocle 
and do some detective Sherlock Holmes work to figure out where these numbers were coming from. In the words of Drewski, what do you mean by that? And in my research, I discovered that the primary reason, at the very least a significant reason, why he has been able to potentially claim the number one title is because Billboard, the people behind who tells you who has the number one top 10 albums, etc., etc., had not been counting streams from a platform known as Audiomack. Now, this was a platform that I had heard of, but I didn't know anyone who used this. I didn't think it was anything significant. But apparently, Audiomack functions very similarly to Spotify, by which you can listen to any song on there, and the payment method of it, rather than a subscription model, is through advertisements. They throw ads in between the songs to be able to pay artists. And the payment is one of the worst in the business. But the appeal of it is a lot of people who do not want to pay for the big three services of Apple Music, Spotify, and Tidal can go on there and listen to all these albums for free. And unlike SoundCloud, the actual user interface is a lot cleaner and amongst this audience is viewed as a Spotify, as a Apple Music where you could listen to major releases on there. Whereas I would argue that SoundCloud is viewed more for the underground sound, the artists that you won't hear in the mainstream. So through my research, I discovered that Rod Wave is apparently, to date, as of this recording, the number one artist on Audiomack. So he's literally garnering millions of streams on this platform. But Billboard did not recognize Audiomack as a place where you could count streams for these chart numbers. So in recent history, they decided to recognize Audiomack streams, regardless of whether or not they should be viewed legitimately, because I also read that sometimes they count streams as just 10 seconds, but that's neither here nor there. This has allowed some of the big artists on Audiomack being... DeVito, NBA Youngboy, Little Dirk, and of course, Rod Wave. So now I know that this is one of the major reasons why they've been able to make so much noise. It all clicked. There is this entire other world that I imagine has a very different audience from Spotify, Apple Music, and Tidal that are playing these people's music very passionately. And that has allowed these artists and now Rod Wave to jump to the top of some charts. So congratulations to Rod Wave as he makes further noise in his career. Off my first listen, I love this new project for that genre of sound. It's a sadder genre, but his performance on the album was very impressive if you're at all a fan of his music. And... To bring this all together, to tie it all up, this is a lesson, a behold pop culture lesson in the much needed talent of diversifying your streams of income. If you have at all looked at finance, you hear this all the time with stocks, you've heard the saying, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And the same way NBA teams can't just rely on LeBron or Kevin Durant to carry them all the way to the championship, you need diversification. 
And this was the name of the game with these artists. As you would expect, when you enter the music business, the way you play the game is you got to have the most streams on Spotify. You got to make noise on Apple Music. You have to have one of the best concerts. These are what you normally hear. But what we're discovering now is that there was a whole other world that I'm sure plenty of the artists on those platforms don't even know you could tap into. This could have been a reflection of the target audience. Maybe they have some synergy between the people that listen to those artists. But either way, there was a a new opportunity to carve out for these artists. And what this means for you is keeping your eye out for any opportunity that presents itself. You never know what could happen. You might trip and fall in the street and bump into the owner of the company you wanted to work for. You might buy some ice cream and the person selling it to you has a great idea that they want you to work with them on. Just being open-minded always leads to better opportunities for you. And of course, you have to be prepared for those opportunities. But being prepared means nothing if you cannot find the opportunities to seize. And that brings us to the final topic A company that has seized opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And of course, I'm referring to Marvel, who just came off tremendous. I have to believe they did not expect to have exploded with the success of their show WandaVision. I said last week that I was coming with the takes on the next show in their slate of releases And I am back to speak about their new show, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because they might have done it again. Marvel might have done it again. They might have another great series on their hands. Because I'm here to tell you after two episodes in, this series might be better than WandaVision. I can't believe it. They have twice as much action already. The show is picking up right where Avengers Endgame left off. So the nostalgia is hitting like nothing else before. And the story is very well put together. As spoiler alert here, the Falcon is battling with whether or not he should have taken the helm as Captain America. Bucky is battling with his history of, of course, being part of Hydra and having to Remember executing a long list of people. And with those stories on the side, the main objective at the moment is trying to solve why there appears to be more super soldiers on the loose. With that, we've seen a new Captain America receiving the shield and being ready to take on new enemies as Captain America. We're also seeing Bucky starting to become more and more human as he understands what life is like on Earth. The Falcon has his own issues with getting back adjusted with his family, as he was one of the many who had departed with what they're referring to as the blip, which is Thanos snapping half of the universe away. So there's no hot takes at the moment. There's no crazy predictions, because it's not a mystery series like WandaVision was. Every episode of WandaVision, we were trying to guess, is Vision real? Is Wanda controlling this world? Etc, etc. This is none of that. 
This is just sit back and enjoy the show. Enjoy the action, the great choreography that Marvel has been consistent with. And just watch how everything unravels. As the only prediction to be made is how these people could be super soldiers. But I'm going to go on a limb here and say the obvious answer is there's some Hydra member or former family, some sort of connection that is allowing them to have access to the serum that made Bucky a super soldier, that made Captain America a super soldier. And it remains to be seen whether or not they will defeat that enemy, but behold, pop culture will be right on top of things, and I'll be back next week to let you know what happens with episode three. So I just wanted to introduce the series here, let you know that Behold Pop Culture will be back keeping its finger on the pulse. And with that being said, thank you for listening. I appreciate you taking your time out to enjoy the show, to listen to me give you the new topics of every week on every single finger of pop culture that I can. And I hope you enjoyed. Please let me know any ways that you think I can improve the show make it a better audio experience for you. And of course, I will continue to embark on my journey to make Behold Pop Culture the best it can be. We are a couple months away from the one-year anniversary of Behold Pop Culture, so if you have stayed for this long, just know that you are very appreciated. So as always, I thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. This is Behold Pop Culture.